The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent those of the institution where they attend or are employed. Hello and welcome to The Education Debate, a podcast where we debate issues relating to education and learning. My name is Ian and I'm joined by the, I think we need uh, to decide on a collective noun. Are we a posse, a group, a gang, an intellectual gathering? Well, what do we think? What's your thoughts? I don't think we can be an intellectual gathering. I don't, I don't think we're that good. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> what are we going for? Show. A show. A show. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going murder of crows. I'm no. not going. We've got our idea of a school, I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that's quite good. A, a school is perhaps the most topical with it being education. So if we steal and become so dolphins. Or gaggle, isn't it? Mm. Gaggle. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we go for school, I think. <laughs> okay, okay, take two. My name is Ian and I'm joined by, on the education debate, which is now a school, by a wonderful group of people and in order to allow you to get to know these people, they are going to do their introductions and in this episode they are going to tell you one thing that they could not live without beyond the need for food, water, shelter, love, etc, etc. So, off you go. Peter, I could not live without a guitar. Uh, my name's Kerry and I couldn't live without stories, particularly through theatre. Uh, my name's Katie and I couldn't live without my microwaveable slippers. <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> They're really it's the good. the height of comfort though. It is the height of comfort. So. You put Sorry. your slippers yeah. in the microwave They've that got, like, will have food. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. design. Not just wow. once you've and then you walk around. Do you mind. have a separate microwave to what you put your food in? I put them in like the slipper bag, the microwave or slipper bag. Oh, <laughs> sweet. I've it's, never heard. You've of got that. an idea though. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got one of those things that you put around it's your like neck. It's like that, but the same beads yeah. inside, just slipper. Christmas list sorted. <laughs> yeah, go on. Who's next? Uh, hi, I'm Tom. I couldn't live without my uh, sailor as I find it a great form of escapism. Uh, hi, my name's Arthur and I've gone quite abstract. I've gone for knowledge because I don't see much point in having food, water and shelter unless you know how to use it. Interesting. If you had the ship, if it was a desert island, then you can sell it. <laughs> yeah. I learn something new every, every single episode. Um, okay, so before we embark on the lively discussion, because I'm sure it is going to be lively, I'd just like to say this: take this opportunity to say thank you to you all for listening for, to us. You know, we breached a hundred plays with our first episode and it's getting better and better and better so please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast share it with your friends and colleagues and if there's a topic that you would like us to talk about or even questions that you would like to send to us then please do so you can find the contact details in the show notes below okay so i must confess that this month's topic idea um, did not come from myself it came from Arthur, um, and it's. I I am saying this. I, I am quite nervous about today's <laughs> debate. I am sat here ready to. I need a gavel. That, I need to sort of like an order or like the yeah, yeah. That's what I do because with the general election just around the corner, it seemed a golden opportunity 
to bypass all the discussions about the NHS and Brexit, etc., etc., to look at what the parties are promising us in their manifestos for the future of education. So we're focusing on education. But before we get on to that, I read an interesting article about how much parties spend during the election. Part political parties spend spending is also capped at £30,000 for each constituency. So if a party stood um, a candidate in each of the 650 UK constituencies, did anybody know that there were 650? I did. <laughs> I did not. I will put my hand aside. The maximum amount that will be spent on the general election will be £19.5 million. What do we think? I think that's obscene. That's an obscene amount of money. I couldn't get over it. What do you get for that? I think I think a lot of it is on the actual mechanics, making the polling stations, postal votes and whatnot. Mm. Just strike me, there must be a more cost-effective way of doing that. Mm. You have to think as well that transport comes underneath that as well, so that an awful lot of that money will go towards petrol and fuel, so that'll take up a huge amount of uh, money. <laughs> yes. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Did it shock the rest of you? Or did you not even bother? And this sort of thing? I mean, it's a shocking amount of money when you put it... You know, when you actually look into it, it's a shocking amount of money. But there's so many figures, read a lot of figures, for different things, that they sort of all blended... The amount of figures all kind of blended into one with me. I'm sort of thinking, mm. yeah, it's another obscene amount of money, but all of these are obscene amounts of money. That anything seems a lot, really. I think it's one of those things that I never knew how much they actually spent. No. But it was interesting that it's capped at 30,000, so people can't spend more if they had. It's, you know, constituents have to be capped at 30,000. So is that an equal playing field, I wonder? I don't, I don't think it is, because there'll be a lot of parties who cannot afford to spend up to 30,000 in each of 600 plus constituencies. It'd be interesting mm. if they didn't have the cap, what they would go up to. I never thought it about would be, that. <laughs> it would be perhaps... Mm. Truly extreme amounts of money, but mm. and do they, yeah, and do they put does more money equal more votes? Do they make are they making that link or and just shiny advert? It, it's how they use that money as well. For instance, there's been far more of a concentration on a social media campaign this mm. time around than there has been in the last general election, and that may really yeah change the balance mm. of uh, who wins it, including a very sneaky change of a Twitter. I I think. <coughs> Oh, I'm not mentioning by whom <laughs> at all, but I thought that was a little bit... Twitter did respond very dramatically to that. that yeah, Twitter always does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, good old Twitter. It, it does concern me that to an extent democracy can be bought. Gary's <laughs> <laughs> looking hard. <laughs> I think you'd have a t-shirt. <laughs> they are, hey! That's something we should get out of our merchandise. What democracy can Definitely. be bought? No, <laughs> <laughs> the educational, the uh, education yeah. debate. We could all have mugs. That that would be cool. Oh, I'm going to look cool. into that. Your that. New job now? I'm going to look into that. That's Christmas presents done. Okay, let's get down into the nitty gritty of things. Let's talk about the main issues that have been brought up in the various parties' manifestos relating to education. Now, if we feel that we want to bring something else in then we can and that's absolutely fine um, but there'll be no point during this podcast that I ask for your personal political opinions if you choose to give it then that is your choice okay then so let's start off with one thing that <coughs> I noticed came up 
and that is focusing on <clears throat> Ofsted. Okay, who would like to start us off with starter for Ted to talk about Ofsted? Well, the Liberal Democrats and the Labour Party have both agreed that it is time to replace Ofsted. Mm. This has come after mounting pressure from a lot of the teaching unions and the teachers who says that it's just far too much pressure for teachers to cope with Ofsted all the time. And the Liberal Democrats are going to replace it with Her Majesty's inspectors um, who will go around every three years to a school and consider broader impacts of sort of like well-being as well as academic um, achievement. However, the Labour Party are going to leave it more towards um, the local authorities and do regular health checkups. and if they're worried about it, then they're going to have Her Majesty's inspectors come in and assess it more in depth. I think, I think, yeah, I think it's potentially a misleading claim in what the Lib Dems say, but replace it by HMIs, because actually HMIs are there now, and the vast majority of Ofsted inspection staff include HMIs. HMIs are, mm. are actually part of Ofsted. Mm. I think also when they say it, it, it makes it sound as if, if having HMIs is this kind of new idea, Mm. HMIs were what was in place when I started teaching. Admittedly, you, you very rarely saw them, but that so it's not. It, HMIs are not a new, they're not a new thing. So I, I, I think there's a little. It, it's <coughs> so. Do you think that will solve the problem then? Which problem? Yeah, the problem <laughs> of pressure on teachers if oh, Her right. Majesty's inspectors are still going to be. Assessing. I, 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 my own my own view here, and, and it is actually a sort of cross-party view is is that Ofsted as, as a body are not ne- are not necessarily the, the issue mm. the issue is the the level of how how, how high the stakes are perceived to be yes. in an inspection whether it's by Ofsted HMI local authority mm. and I think it's when you get that really really high stakes inspection which comes relatively infrequently that's the problem not so much the body that's doing it mm. I think I agree with that. Word. I think they're they're using the the word Ofsted, which is for many sort of people in society, is a bit of a taboo word, where people are kind of almost afraid of mm. Ofsted coming in. So by saying we're abolishing it and bringing something else in, is there much change, or is it just a nice campaign slogan that we're going to abolish Ofsted? To me, Her Majesty's inspectors sounds even more formal than Ofsted. When we were inspected, two, two of our inspection team were HMIs. So what's mm. ultimately changing? I don't believe a great deal in, in those proposals. To be the, the, one, the one about going more towards local authority control, back to that, could potentially be. that, But that would be because previously a local, a local authority inspection didn't have the stakes that an Ofsted. Mm. I think what, what, one thing that makes an Ofsted high stakes is because it's, it's in the public domain. Mm. Every Ofsted inspection is available mm. to be seen by anybody with access to a computer. A local authority inspection, as was, wasn't. Now, if that changed in the public domain, then that's... But wouldn't you say that it's important for it to be out in the public domain? Oh, I, didn't say, I didn't say it was wrong, yeah. but I think that's what has made it high stakes. <coughs> so, a, sorry, so a Labour saying that they're going to drive school improvement by putting school improvement in the hands of local authorities, so that means every school will be operating differently. That's one of my concerns, because if each or local authorities is managing the, the inspections of their schools, 
then what happens if one local authority is working differently to the other? Are we going to have... It's like no national sort of... Exactly. Standard. Yeah, yeah, but you could argue that individual local authorities have a better understanding of the schools in their mm. area. They understand the catchment areas better. So rather than trying to achieve a national benchmark for everything, but it could be that they could be slightly different. You can have schools that fall through the cracks. You can have schools that are very contrasting to the rest of the... Yeah. local area so they're not being any better off yeah and i would i would hope that local authority would recognize that mm -hmm. and they would see those different schools and be mm -hmm. what, what, um, i forget <coughs> what they used to be called local authority were they like critical friends or something like that that used advisors to, yeah i think yeah they were primary advisors and i really mm -hmm. liked visits from primary advisors because you felt that you knew that person mm -hmm. You, the school had developed with that person. They were very critical, you know, and said, you need to do this. But I felt that I had a relationship with them rather than just all of a sudden, whew, in comes yeah. Ofsted. I think the difference in perspective is, is whether that process is, sorry, it's how that process is aimed at school improvement. So one view is it's, it's a critical friend, it's somebody working alongside one particular school. Um, who can advise and follow up. The other view is somebody comes in and holds them to account to a set of standards, but both mm. would claim to be aiming to improve the school, but they're, they're, those are not the same. Those are two different mechanisms. So would, would it be hard for a teacher to change local authorities? As in, let's say if you were teaching one local authority and you moved to a different local authority? No, I, wouldn't, no. I wouldn't have thought okay. so. I, I, wouldn't okay. imagine, I wouldn't imagine that perspectives would be so different that different yeah okay when you're looking at the impact of uh the, not the impact rather um how well-being is in schools are you honestly going to be able to judge well the well-being of school in over a couple of days inspection every three years is that going to give you mm -hmm. good amount of data and information or will it be you have to be something like a questionnaire that's handed out to pupils parents uh, over a period of time just to get the general feel of the school would that be a better strategy to use perhaps would you always be honest in a questionnaire well i, I don't know yeah. perhaps not perhaps it's a difficult one how are you going to measure it <coughs> i, th I think scale of it, mm -hmm. it? but that raises a question is is measuring something is that the best way to improve it how else would you deter would you assess it then because surely we, we should be assessing it you need to measure least. to find the flaws to find the solution yeah is that best understood by anyone external or is that potentially best seen by people within the school those who see it every day perhaps or i think it, it needs to be a combined approach mm. doesn't it because the ones on the front line will um will perhaps know the problems themselves but can if they are exposed to it a lot can become blinded or sort of Sometimes an external factor is needed mm. to bring a new perspective on on something. I think I think there's a difference between assessment and measurement. Because someone can someone can come into a school, make an assessment mm. of the relative strengths and weaknesses of the school. Who can work with a school and say it would be good if you develop in this area mm. and this area. That's different to somebody coming in and saying outstanding good requires improvement mm. disappear and we'll come back in mm. three years time I, th I think part of the problem with the inspection regime is is its infrequency because mm. it then it then becomes this yeah. massive thing yeah <coughs> well we're, we're seeing now that the conservatives are saying that more outstanding schools <coughs> need to be inspected more often because 
after mm -hmm. a period of time of them saying, oh, outstanding schools, they'll be fine, we don't need to do it as much, they're beginning to see that after a couple of years, all of a sudden, maybe the change of a head and it can all go downhill fairly quickly. Yeah. So I think that is, that is an important point, that the frequency that schools are inspected needs to be and more well, yeah, frequent. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think we mentioned something about three years and I was interested whether or not three years is too long. You know, but I think this comes down, in my view, to the sense that does Ofsted have the capability and the capacity to actually inspect all the schools within a shorter time frame because I it's my feeling so far that is why off outstanding schools have been pushed aside. Uh, yeah left oh, yeah. Mm. it's a resource management mm. yeah mm. it's nothing to do with Ofsted or anything like that <coughs> it's just they don't have the capacity mm. to actually do it and so the, the goods the outstanding schools have been left but uh, don't the government give Ofsted money to do that like where do like surely if the someone gives you if the government are giving off some money then they can find that capacity to well it's yeah. a finite finite amount of money yeah it's not it's not it's not it's not it's not it's not a bottomless pit no true do you think outstanding schools need to be or um offsted it more i think every school should be <coughs> measured e at an equal amount of time really to be at the same mm. assessment level they say changing head changing teachers so should they be assessed um, or visited over a set period of time or should be, there be criteria that so if you have a changing head you have one year and then somebody comes in you're going to be in the classrooms should it be potentially that the lowest ranked schools and the highest ranked schools should be assessed the same amount of times and the people the schools in the middle maybe they I mean, you may end up sort of just plateauing, but mm. it's an, if you're <coughs> trying to raise this lower standard but ensure you're keeping the higher standard. Mm. But then you have, you have the risk mm. of the middle falling away and becoming the lower. But then even in the system of not uh, assessing the highest that much, you've got the risk of them falling. So either way, there's a risk of something changing. I, uh, my own view is I think, you should, I think you should remove the grading for inspections because, I, I because that, that, that has become the utterly dominant thing and replace with with something that, that is more that is focused on school improvement not improving my school's grade so just a you can improve in this area and this area yeah but not uh, giving it a tone yeah and I, I don't think that's that is necessarily a cop out I don't think it's an easy option but schools are obsessed by their, their Ofsted grade and I would challenge virtually any school what would who, who, would, who would say, you would say parents are interested in. but then then parents yeah. become obsessed with yeah. grades estate agents have become obsessed with grades mm. Th these are these are the schools in our in yeah. your area which are outstanding mm -hmm. and they're not they're, these are the schools in your area which have been graded as That's outstanding standard. and and yeah. I, I, th mm -hmm. I think it, it's almost become an unchallenged logic in society that if you're graded higher you are better and, and I, don't, I don't think it's it's necessarily a, some some schools are better are better at playing the system so if we brought it back to the election what the parties are declaring would that grading system actually change if that's the issue if they did abolish off so yeah, really if the green party won yeah mm. well i'm not going to comment on the likelihood of that but my my sensible head would say it'll be a very brave party that abolishes ofsted and abolishes the means by which parents mm. and public can access supposedly objective mm. information about the school because, that, because that is so ingrained. A lot of people want to know whether or not their child is a good school 
Well, not not in the sense of the word "good" being used in Ofsted's manner, but is it actually going to be a good school for them? Because to go that up to? that that system was established under uh, under the Conservative Party, but it survived and grew stronger under thirteen years of Labour government. So I I I, I think it would be a brave government that removed, even if they abolished Ofsted, that removed that way of re- reducing a school to to a to a word or a number. But I I don't know if abolishing Ofsted will appeal to parents who aren't teachers. Which I don't, don't think it would appeal system. to parents. No, I don't think, because I think, I mean, my, my mum's a teacher, so she, she understood the importance of, you know, she, 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 I mean, she, sorry, she understood how much kind of stress and strain it obviously can cause, whereas I think if I was a parent who didn't have any, who didn't have any kind of insight into the education system and how Ofsted worked, I'd be like, oh no, we've got to keep Ofsted, like Ofsted, mm, yeah. let's, let's keep it, and I, I want to know that my <coughs> child's going to a... So I think it'd be, it would be a brave party. I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm I agreeing with you. I think publicly very popular. Yeah. Well, sorry, no, 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 no. I was going to say that going further with that, the Lib Dems have said that they're going to replace the leak tables as well. So I know that one of my favourite websites is the government website Compare Schools. And you go on there and it's got all this data and you can see all the progress, readings going up and it's down. And then you can find out the number of pupils and their backgrounds and everything. Um, will parents be really unhappy if they begin to lose an idea of whether or not reading's going down in that school? I think there would be. Shouldn't really? it be a parent's right to have access yeah. to that? But then you start the whole comparison, don't you? The but then, then but that, that is based on the assumption that that publicised test data is a reliable measure of what's happening in the school. And mm. even then, are parents interested in that? Not the school data. And a school's data can tell you that, oh, this class is doing this mm. amount of well, but you could have the child that is leaps and bounds ahead, always mm. right yeah. behind. And I think that's the danger. I think people see children progressing in a certain school and then assume that their child will it's make the, the same progress because that is an outstanding mm. school. Mm. And schools, in my opinion, are not like that mm. you know, at all. Are they more likely, though, to make more progress in a school that's been graded higher, that got a higher reading score than a school that's well below average. I would be saying, well, it depends how that school teaches reading, mm. how that child learns, you know, mm. and how, they, how they've been taught and how they learn to read. That, to me, and if that... And their home environment. Yeah, and mm. exactly. So I think we could probably talk about Ofsted for quite a while. <laughs> so I'm going to move on, and we're going to move on to something that's probably very personal to four of you here. And not as oldies because we're <laughs> we're, we're no uh, well we are tutors but not teachers. And I, I was interested um, just to start you off um, that Lib Democrats will increase the teacher's starting salary to thirty thousand pounds <laughs> and guarantee a pay rise of at least three percent a year over the next Parliament. This says Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? Well, yeah. What well, do you think? Just uh, for the, yes. I was going to say just conservatives the same. The same. So I just well, yeah. thirty thousand. Mm, not the increase of three percent. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, that's important because I thought <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, <laughs> um, well, at the end of the day, we are a lot of people are motivated by wanting higher salaries. A lot of us here have come to get a degree so we can have access to those higher salaries. And by 
having a higher salary in education, aren't we going to be attracting more people into the profession? Perhaps? I would hope people's aims when they go into education wouldn't be money. Well, yes, quite right, but... Yeah, we're not all as shallow as you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it not more of a combination of the two? Yes. There's a yeah. level of we can, yeah. we can all wish to help people, but at the end of the day, I want to go home to a warm house. We're not just doing it just for the money. There are other aspects as well, because we all enjoy it, but we'd like to get a good pay. It might be difficult. Well. Would it, would, uh, it might be difficult to answer this to you for. Would it have influenced your decision to go into a profession or go to become a teacher? Would that salary increase have influenced you either way? Well, that's what I mean, it's, it's not, it's not going to influence you against <laughs> it. Would it have made you more likely? I don't think I no. particularly looked at the exact numbers, mm. so probably yeah, not. Neither did I. See, I, you can get 30,000 now if you go and work in London. Mm. Or Dubai, you get more. Exactly. Or go abroad. I mean, it would have to be an awful like, lot less like in the, like, for you to consider, well, there's no point in doing that job, really. I mean, it, it has to be but it has to be in comparison to other jobs where you'd be able to say. I mean, and this, this is this is about recruitment and retention. Yes, it is. Hundred percent. Yes. Because I'm all for it. I'm not sure it's going to make a difference. Mm. My worry is that it'll. I might be shot for saying this. It'll attract people to the profession who are, don't, who, don't who actually shouldn't become it. teachers. True. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, I, and, that, and that that might be a bit. Yeah, I, I was. That was one of my first thoughts as well. I did. I did think hmm, that could be a little bit problematic in the future. But back to the salary, I think um, <laughs> I I did look into. I mean, I, it wouldn't have stopped me wanting to become a teacher. But the reason why, because I loved my job as a teaching assistant, but one of the reasons why I wanted to train and get higher was so that I could earn more money because yeah. Yeah. it, you know, it is important in life to to sort of be able to support yourself. And I think if I'd, I think it, it's, it's a welcome, it's a welcome addition. But I, I would be worried as well that maybe the people go into it for the wrong reasons. But, but it may encourage more people who are TAs to train higher. Mm. I think it will also help retain people. They're already mm. in the. Do you think it's the best way of retaining people? Mm. Is this is it's this not the best? Is way. this not is this, is this the best change to influence no, recruitment and retention? You make the job easier. The job easier probably be the best change. I think um, this is the easiest way to offer more money. It's always going to be yeah. the easiest thing. And to. I think it's worthwhile pointing out as well that everybody else's salaries will go up alongside this as well. It's See, not that, just for. That's why people always complain about higher earners. Well, but if you raise the lowest earner, you have to subsequently raise the highest. There's no click, there's yeah. no catch twenty two with this. It's mm. not raising the salary, but not paying for holidays or anything. No, it's just they're just raising the salary. Mm. No, because well, that that would involve a change in statutory teachers' paying conditions, and that would be mm. that would be that would be a mind thing. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Yeah, because they do. They're conservatives, so they're going to overall teacher salaries will also increase. Mm. But the, sorry, the, the thing that worries me about it is that and. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't that this come from school budgets, teachers' salaries? So if this is, is it a case that they're also going to plough a whole load of money into school budgets in order to uh, balance this off? It would have. It would. The Lib Dems are wanting twenty thousand more teachers. Yeah, mm. that's true. So they want all of those new teachers, and they're being paid the higher rate. Mm. And are they? Are they, are they? Are they just raising? T- teacher salary are they raising support staff as well in the schools is it or is it just 
teacher. Listeners can't see Katie waving her TA. My, <laughs> my, my worry with this is that it, it, it's, it's a sort of popular, apparently easy fix. I mean, it is, mm. it's an easy fix because all you do is chuck money at it. Yeah. Mm. Whereas tackling, I don't, I don't think. Price. I don't think teachers are leaving the profession because of the salary. It's more to do no, with the actual job itself and pressure. But that that then that, gets, that, that then gets wrapped up in the whole thing about tests Test and, and offset and yes. accountability. So mm. I, I think I think both the, these first two issues. There's are, no silver are, are, bullet. Are, are related. So is it clickbait then? Mm-hmm. So what, sorry? Is it clickbait? Is it something there just to attract full mm. votes? Because like, that's what people want to hear. I feel like you were saying, Tom, about saying you can get rid of mm. Ofsted. There's an element of, oh, we can say we're going to do this. And I mean, there's part that a party can say anything when they're not in power. But also, you can say that this amount's going to go into it, but you never know how much that may actually come to fruition. I mean, similar things have been tried with... with Things like bursaries for PGCEs. There was a point where there was a bursary for all primary PGCEs. There's some huge bursaries for secondary yeah, STEM subjects. Mm. And there's been, you know, tra- trainee teachers earning more during their PGCE year than qualified teachers. I, I welcome the rise. I'm not sure it's the fix for recruitment and retention. Okay, then, so let's move on. Uh, I want to pick up a, a labour point. Um, just so I'm picking random ones from everywhere. Provide free school meals to all primary school children and reduce class sizes to under 30 for all five, six and seven-year-olds. Do you think this is going to make a difference? Do you think it's viable? I think free school meals would be very good. If they, if they, can, afford, if they, if they can afford it and it can be implemented, then why not? I don't see... Why? Because it's, <coughs> if you can afford, even if your family household can afford your, your school lunch, there's no guarantee you're getting a, a, a good lunch. There's no guarantee you're getting, you know, a, a balanced, nutritious lunch. You may just be given, you know, there's no guarantee just because you can, you've got the money doesn't mean you're actually getting one. So I think it'd be, I think it'd be welcome. I think it all just comes down to the funding. Is it just mm-hmm. magic money trees from labour? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or can they the fund it? <laughs> <laughs> Magic Mike, money Mike forest, Trump. rather. Yes. Rather than an individual tree. No, individually, we all get a money tree. That's, that's a hell of a big forest. That's the 30,000, <laughs> the money tree. There we go. I was just wondering, what happens if primary school children do not want a free meal? I was, I was, I was linking those two. I was wondering about a parent's decision about what to feed their child. Yeah. Is that Im- impacted on... Oh, but we at school say that they should be eating this. But is it saying that they have to take it? No. Can they just it, the options there if yeah. they want? Everyone wants you don't to have to have a school meal. There. Yeah, then the options mm. there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's good. So I, I, I think that's positive. I, I don't know. I, 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 just to be contrary, I, <laughs> I worry about anything that's provided free, irrespective of your ability to pay for it. Mm. Just mm. as I'm worry about things but that you have to pay for irrespective of your ability to pay for it somebody's got to pay for it just who i i, I would have thought something more realistic would have would have been within that would be to significantly revise the parameters for provision of free school meals mm. basically mm. basically make that a much mm. a much lower threshold i was just interested in that free school <coughs> meals were coming up we have a lot of breakfast clubs at the moment and there's quite a significant amount of research out there saying 
you know, children who come to breakfast clubs are then, mm. you know, better suited for mm. the day. Mm. And I'm just wondering whether or not that would have mm. been a, more an opportunity to put money to a better use or whether or not there's going to be an option. Let's just, get, let's just give children all of their meals. They can just say after school and have dinner there as well. <laughs> a dinner that means at lunchtime. And is there not a point where you potentially running your school as a restaurant? Well, again, I, I, it it, to me, it's a bit, a bit of a blanket thing. I mean, the Lib Dems are saying the same thing: free school meals for all primary school children. I'd, I'd love it if you. Um, it just seems to me a, a little too much of a, of a, of a blanket. Absolutely, there, there are a lot of children who should be, and probably more than are currently eligible. But to just go the whole hog and say mm. every primary school child, irrespective of their their means. Is eligible for a free school meal. Perhaps we should be looking towards their life at home and how that can be improved, and the communities to make sure that their enough money is going into there to make sure that their home life is as good. Therefore, we wouldn't need to be worrying about this in the first place. So means as well is always measured by financial. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are other aspects about why that child may not be sent to school Correct. with a mm-hmm. sufficient or even any fund. No, but they could still access. They could still access a nutri- Well, assuming that school meals are nutritional and well balanced. With this. Yeah. But they could still act. They could still access that they're paying for it if they have the means to pay for it. it doesn't mean that they mm. have to provide something else. It's still there. It's just not necessarily. I mean, currently it's means tested. Perhaps means tested, but at a at a different level. Mm. So, what what's your thoughts about reducing class sizes to under thirty for all five, six, and seven year olds? And I think the the um, was it the Green Party came in reduce class sizes to under twenty with the caveat in the long term. <laughs> What's your opinions about reducing class sizes? If you reduce class sizes, would you need more schools? Like, yeah. if you've got... If, you need more classes you need more classes it's a nice idea isn't it I mean the idea that you could have under 20 pupils in a class yes that would be uh, I think that would be nice for a teacher less amount of books that you've got to mark more time per individual pupil mm. but is it realistic <coughs> no I don't think it is I mean the amount of money that you're going to have to plough in just to get more schools more teachers who Lib Dems are saying they're going to need at least and the Conservatives are going to have 30,000 pounds each. I just don't think it's feasible to say you can do that for every school across the country in the next few years. Is there a possibility then that you may end up with classes being taught by less qualified individuals? Mm. Uh, There's so many teachers attracted by the (laughs) (laughs) 30,000. The interesting thing I thought was that this would probably be taken at a set period of time in the year. So at the start of September, if there's 30 children in the class, that's fine. But what happens two weeks after? If two children come into catchment area, will that class grow to 32? But because on the government census it was 30 at the beginning of the year, it's absolutely fine. And if it's not that, you might have a class of 31 child comes in and then suddenly you have to split the class. Yes. <laughs> well, Ian, Ian will remember in the days before we joined York St John, and I can't remember who introduced it, but there was a 30 limit on yeah. reception and key stage one classes. And I don't know what happened to that. I don't know whether that, I'm not sure whether it was statutory or, stru- I can't remember actually, but right. it, it was a thing. It, you, reception, key stage one, max. And that was nationally. I don't, I don't know what happened to that. So, so here's a question for 
you teachers. What class size do you think is a good class size to teach learning effectively? Because I'm just amazed that they've just picked this 30 out of the air and they just said, oh, let's pick a nice round number, 30. And then the uh, Green Party says 20, you know, so... 30 does suggest that if you had 31, it would be dire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the number needs to be even. But I don't I don't think thirty I don't think that's a new number. Mm. My whole life you kinda of think if I've got less than thirty I'm doing alright. If I've got mm. more than thirty it's getting a bit layering. Yeah. But it but thirty is completely random. Yeah. Mm. It's a historical. I don't. I don't know of any mm. research that backs up sub thirty happy days mm. over thirty nightmare. Mm. Depends and, on the teacher. So it's yeah. sort of quite a vague thing to say because some t- if you've got a really talented teacher in a bigger class, it might not make a difference. But if you've got a failing teacher in a small class, they're still going to struggle. I would say a lot of it would come down to the classroom size. I've had large classes in quite small rooms. And it just makes it difficult to manoeuvre around the room. Mm-hmm. And for the children and for yourself. So <coughs> it's it's less about how many children you've actually got to teach, but how many you can fit comfortably Physically into fit, a room. Yeah. If I had a child, I'd be worried about sending my child to a, a class that had two little children in. Because then I'd be worried that what there's more chance of them making friends and finding finding a good friend if there's more children than so if there's less children. But then from a teaching perspective, <laughs> they improve like huge so one, classes just so, so what, children have so friends. So what's too few and what's too many? Well, I think, oh, I don't know really. If uh, I'd say like under, well, not very, if, okay, too few would be a very low number. I'd say... Such <laughs> <laughs> as? Yeah, I'd say, I think, I mean, I know some private schools have like 10 children in a class and I think with 10 children, if you... Do you have a chance of getting that you don't your social skills might be a bit further behind? I think with more children your child gets exposed to more or something. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to say that my social skills no, are far behind. Potentially. But like oh, if, you if, if you the more children you come across, the more children you engage with in a classroom, mm-hmm. sure the more exposure to different children you're gonna have as a child. But that's just a mm. like that would just be a query. I'm not saying that is the yeah. case. Um, but no, it's fine. No, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> um, having uh, been to a private school, in the first classroom I was in, there was seven of us. I like seven, but that's an awful number. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like seven, but uh, why, why is it an awful number? Well. It's always going to be odd, odd. isn't it? You right. can't do anything you with. Be in the, yeah, yeah. You've got to be even. child who's always left out. <laughs> well, I don't know. I... Would it depend on what type of, of seven you'd got? Mm. Uh, well, okay, I doubt you'd be that bored if you'd got the extremes in. You, can, you can't even have a decent PA lesson with seven, can you? <laughs> well, true. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I wonder if you want to play around with us. Uh, three and a half what, sides. <laughs> what happened there was oh, the, um, <laughs> the year five and six then went to join the year seven and eight in the senior school and they were all put together and the boys were segregated from the girls in PE lessons and the boys were left doing rugby, the girls were doing hockey and... Uh, <laughs> That was the life. I look back on those days. Um, you feel like you've grown up in a Joss William novel. <laughs> um, personally, when it comes to the number of seven, I did feel, having just gone from a state school into a much smaller school, I did get more attention. And I know Ofsted have said that having smaller school size, to begin with, like I think it's down going from mid-30s down a few, it doesn't make much of a difference. However, when you're getting into single figures, mm. I do think you are beginning to see more of a difference, personally. That's just all from my own experience, though. I quite like 24, 12 or 6. That feels nice <laughs> to me, if it's one of those. So if you started off with a class of 24, 
and I then we're told really you had cr- to have another. I, I, I would fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no one has answered your question. No. Which is what would be your idea. No, I, I had a number immediately in mind. Well done, Peter. Thank well done. you. 24. 24 would be mine. Yeah. Why? It's not too big, it's not too small. You can split it. Four tables of six. Yeah. Six tables of four. Twelve tables of two. Mm, two yeah. tables of twelve. Eight threes, three eights. So <laughs> twelve One side. table of two. <laughs> the smallest classified is 22, the largest classified is 37. 37 was hard work. Have you ever had a class of 24? Briefly. And that was the idea. Briefly. I, I quite like 24, actually. Oh, we're conversion. So, so if the average is probably, what, about 34 to 30, somewhere around there, 34, 35, no, I don't, don't, I don't think it'd be as high as that. I think it'd be less. So would dropping it down to 30, is that going to make that much difference? 2018, average class size, uh, 21.7. In the state sector? Really? I think the problem with all of these claims is this, they're based on the assumption that if you reduce class sizes, education, the quality of education will necessarily yeah. be better. Mm. And I think that's a rash assumption. Update 28. 28. Yeah. Yeah. 28. So the average is actually 28. So the average is below what they're yeah. so suggesting. Of some research from two months ago. <laughs> 28. When I had a very large class of year five and six, the biggest problem was marking. Well, it wasn't the day in, day out mm. of the class. It was it was marking. Because um, in your com- years, they, they write, <coughs> they can write more. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and year six writing for an hour. It's, but that's, you know, 50% more marking than my ideal mm. of 24. And that's that that is that has a significant impact. So is that more... In, uh, an issue then with the <coughs> the way in which you are assessing and yes oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. okay let's move is any does anybody want the perfect class size I'm the only one that's given us <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, 24, 24 sounds 24, 24. I was oh, going to see sort of 28 yeah. see the 28 mm. 28 I mean I've had the larger <clears> classes and I feel like if I'd got rid of just a couple yeah, but four groups that of seven—that's nice. one squeezed on the end of a six turbo, isn't it? Oh, Why do you have to have them in groups? You could. Yeah. Well, you suggested you know, groups. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't following your lead. It's only a possibility. It's politics. I didn't realise. I didn't need to be the same. You can have a group of six, a group of ten. That's fine. Might have a horseshoe, not even groups. Yeah. I'd, I'd horseshoe. One child at the end. Mm-hmm. I also think if you start with 24, there's a nice leeway either way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you get a couple, you start at 26, which I still think is manageable. Mm-hmm. If you're at something like 30, and you gain an, an extra two, 32 is too much, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, just to end the show, I'm going to throw it out for any extras that people would like to bring up. Uh, if anybody wishes to talk about scrapping university tuition fees, now is the time to mention it. Can I just say that I, yeah. I'm quite strongly against scrapping university tuition fees? Yeah, yeah I, I, I believe I'm glad that I don't I'm, have a live counter on our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, really no, I, personally, no, I believe in making choices and you've taken responsibility for those choices. At the end of the day, we're all here to get a job and we're going to have access to those higher wages and then we're going to benefit from that. And the idea, we'll we'll pay uh, for our education, our tuition fees essentially, but the idea that some mythical billionaire is going to pay for it is just, it's fantasy. And at the end of the day, I, I I believe that it will 
have an effect on the most, the vast majority of the society, including the very poorest, and they're not benefiting from it. So why why should they have to contribute? I have a bit of a middle ground. I am in favour of the tuition fees. I don't feel that the level that they're at at the moment is correct. Mm. I think they should be lowered to a balance. So I don't think it's fair that we're paying so much when people paid nothing. I think it should be somewhere in the middle. So as you say, there is a contribution, you are yeah. paying towards it, but it's a sort of a middle ground, I somewhere can, around, I can yeah. agree with somewhere that. about four. No, three. Do you mean, do you mean people, like, three or four. people like me and Ian, you mean? Why do some courses get it free? But like some courses don't have to pay their tuition fees, like nursing, midwifery, they all- Yeah, but the tuition fees are paid. They're paid by the NHS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think tuition fees is ever something that somebody would look at and decide not to go to university because of those tuition fees and if that that is the case could we be reducing the number or restricting the number of potentially outstanding teachers not coming to train because of the tuition fees? I would argue though that essentially, and I've listened to my my mum's like Martin Lewis in high heels. (laughs) (laughs) She's um, I, she, I really hope she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I hope she doesn't sue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially, we listen to this, and if we don't benefit from this degree and have access to those higher wages, then the, we don't have to worry about the debt. We've seen how much debt is never actually paid. It's the vast majority of it are written off. Therefore, I don't think it should be something to be seen as a barrier. If you're not benefiting from your degree, then eventually you may not have to even pay for... But there's, there's, the there's, an, there's an argument that so much has been written off that it, it, the system is getting... And that I, I think that the amount that's been written off is increasing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, very, very close to the point where it wouldn't cost any more to just publicly fund. Mm. I think then <coughs> we need to look at the, those figures carefully to make sure there's a correct balance because we need to make sure that the people who are benefiting from their degree and the job salaries that they are, are that they are earning actually make a fair contribute contribution to society. So so is the only reason to go to university to get a better job? No it isn't, but I think that overall it is having an impact on the rest of your life and your job your job later on and therefore I think it is a prime issue if not the main issue. I can understand that there are other issues yeah. to go into university. It's a majority issue. Yeah. I think, like, I just realised, so if we're, you pay more <coughs> student loan back, don't you, the more you earn, the more mm-hmm. you earn. So if, if we do start earning 30000 a year and 3% increase, we're basically just going to be paying more student loan back. So mm. will we actually see this pay increase? If it's we're not paying? that significant. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're paying back. Yeah. Mm. You, don't pay, you don't pay back more loan, you pay back more of it. You pay, you pay it off more quickly. Um. Mm. You don't. You don't end up paying more. You actually. You don't end up paying less money because you pay. I would have thought it's, like, paid. A, it's like an extra tax. Well, yeah. there was something that the Brexit party said that they weren't scrapping tuition fees, but they were going to. So I have to find this bit of paper. <laughs> 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 They're getting rid of the. They get rid of the interest. Trying quite like that. But policy. then there were comments about whether that was actually sustainable or not. It's an interesting one in terms of you'll still have the debt and you have to pay it, but you don't get the extra. No. And it's, it's a loan. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, and it might be naive. My my eldest son went straight into graduate level employment after graduating, and so started paying off his loan immediately. Mm-hmm. My second son didn't go into that level of employment till about February Easter after he started, so he wasn't paying his loan off between the end of finishing and and 
and I, I was surprised to find out that he was paying interest in that period and I don't know whether that was me being a bit mm. naive but that really surprised me at the point at which you, you're, you're mm. not earning enough to pay it mm. off you're still accruing interest which I just whilst I think on as well I actually think that there is an argument to say that by having tuition fees it actually benefits more pupils from disadvantaged backgrounds to get into universities because I think that if we scrap tuition fees altogether then there is likely going to be a vast increase in the number of applications to go to university and if that happens then universities may end up capping the numbers and you have to think who's going to lose out most to that and it quite well it may quite well be the most disadvantaged and people from poorer backgrounds that, whose that education would, has been let that down. That would depend on the system that replaced it yeah because what was there before was not just self-funding mm. my parents didn't find didn't didn't have to find the money to fund me through university mm. because then there was there, there were grants basically there were grants and there, are, there still are grants now mm. but there's a mixture of loans and grants mm. then it was grant and my parents had to pay some top up mm. which I did with I mean, that's still the case mm. for, with with loans so it, it would depend what depend what replaced wouldn't it what replaced come it? down to though that those with higher grade as uh, it was sort of higher grades who've done better in their exams are more likely to get in and therefore they are more likely to be from parts of education that have been really good okay. and, and more of a wealthy It'll be really background. controversial but isn't isn't university supposed to be for the the top slice mm. isn't university inherently elitist I can't gain access to a football academy because I can't <coughs> play football. Mm. It's, 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 I mean, you're you, telling us you, a really moving story. <laughs> Every stage of our current system you go, mm. people drop off. Mm. Yeah. Everybody does primary school. Everybody yeah. does GCSEs, but not to the same level. Yeah. Some will go on to do A-levels and further things. Few were going to do university and so on and so on and so on. And it's, it is an elitist system. It is, but it, I think it's important that we allow the very poorest in society the opportunity. But I, but that's what I'm saying. The, the removal the removal of loans shouldn't. It depends what replaces them. Yeah. Okay. If the replacement disadvantages people on the basis of finance, it would be fundamentally wrong. Mm. Mm. And I think those opportunities should not just be to gain access <coughs> to university. Mm. I think those opportunities should be right way through education but so they can develop learning, they can enjoy mm. it, build up that curiosity and then mm. eventually think this is what mm. I want to do. I mean there's an argument that too many people go to university. Yeah, I mean look at the amount of TAs that have <laughs> the TAs go, no, the, the TAs, that's a good question, sorry, I immediately thought that did two years go to after get a degree? They don't, do they? No, they, no, they yeah. don't. No, no. no now it means you have to have a level three. Okay. Or level two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. <laughs> Katie, can you just put that down, please? <laughs> the, the, the Blair, Blair Labour government had a, had an explicit target for fifty percent of all school leavers mm. to go to university, mm. and that that was that was hugely hugely different to my day. That. Yeah, um, but the, the, yeah, I, I'm not sure where I stand on that argument. Mm. But but there is an argument that too many people go to university. Yeah. I don't know. But then they were talking about if you get rid of the tuition fees. Thank you, the tuition <laughs> fees. That this may end up meaning that universities are getting less money, and then as a result of that, they may have to cut courses. And the university is already struggling, which may mean they just <coughs> or increase class sizes, so everything's taught on a lecture. Oh, 
or is it that universities are str maybe struggling to deliver the number of courses that they are trying to mm, deliver? Maybe yeah. the universities need to do fewer courses. Mm -hmm. And whilst they might down, they, whilst they may downsize, that that then is still manageable. What is what is difficult is to deliver the wider the range of courses. Mm. I would imagine that's that that makes it harder to deliver. It's like it's like delivering a wider range of subjects mm. in, in secondary school, mm. which is why some secondary schools say we can't do. X, Y, and Z. Okay, <coughs> we're just about to hit the hour, believe right. it or not. So, anybody want to say anything before we go off air? Now is the time. I would encourage all listeners to vote. Mm -hmm. Yes. Here, here. Absolutely. Very much so. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this third podcast from the Education Debate School. That sounds weird now <laughs> if you have them please do consider subscribing to the podcast and share this and future episodes with friends and colleagues we might be back with our lively discussion in um december no january which one's the next one this is december's isn't it so it'd be january when we'll be back november. No, this, no, this is november it doesn't go out in november it goes live on the first of the month. Are you going to edit no, this really <laughs> slick outro? Just yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to record it. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it goes, does it go out in the end of November or the beginning of December? Oh, it's it's the, the end. Day. You release it, Ian. It's normally the last day of because I normally send out the link in my education newsletter. It's because my notes here. I mean, people will be at their New Year's Eve parties wanting to hear this. Well, until next time, it remains for us to say. Until next time, please enjoy your teaching and learning. And it's goodbye from me. That's your Bye. Bye. And it's goodbye from them. I really need to work on that. <laughs> Let me just pause. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent those of the institution where they attend or are employed. This podcast is licensed under the Creative Commons License 4.0. So if you use any part of the podcast, please give us credit. Thank you.